My name is Reagan Gillen, as Scott introduced me, and I just want to say hello again. We're so glad you're here to worship with us as we are in week three of our Fixer Upper series. And I just have to say, I'm already out of breath. Um, um, I'm a little, uh, you know, I was a little offended as I was looking at our preaching schedule and looking at, you know, when I'm preaching this summer, and that I somehow got the hunger week. Um, you know, you put on like 15 pounds and suddenly they think you should maybe deal with your hunger issues. So I thought that was pretty insulting um, to me. But um, so this video, um, that is the main guy was Stephen Lashley. I don't know if you guys know him. He's one of our uh, youth directors. And in that video, um, how many of us know someone like Stephen or have been around someone like Stephen or someone like, or you are Stephen? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Good point. Um, and, you know, we all know what it's like, those people that are into the, the newest, you know, diet craze or the new way of eating or um, the new kind of exercise or the, the best new way to, to earn money or the newest relationship. We know those people that are constantly kind of going from thing to thing to thing. Um, they, they're always running after a profit, a new beginning, a new look, whatever it is. Um, but how often do those people actually you know, last with that thing, especially sometimes with a relationship. Sometimes, uh, I know I know people that I feel like they already have someone lined up before they even break up with someone, which I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I was single for like three years, had like no dates whatsoever. Like, I don't know how. I don't know. I guess I'm not likable. I don't know. Um, but we've all been guilty of that. I know that I have. I mean, all you have to do is like, maybe open a closet or like a drawer in my house and see like probably the biggest offender is like face cream. Like women can probably get on this. Like you have so many kinds of eye cream or face cream. You're like, cause this is going to fix it. I don't even wash my face at night. Okay. Like if I, if I do, I'm doing really, really well. But like the four part thing, I'm like, how, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. Um, but people, we've all fallen to this camp where I think we're always chasing something and it's because we're hungry we're hungry for something but often we don't know what it is that's actually going to satisfy us um, and so today we're going to look at a really really familiar um, scripture but I think we're going to look at it a little bit differently um, spoiler alert I, I didn't think of anything this on my own I found it in some commentary notes so don't think oh that was really deep Reagan good job it, it, it wasn't me <laughs> I, but I did add to it and make it better just for the record um, so let's go ahead and look at, we're going to look at Mark 6, uh, starting in verse 30 through 43, which says this. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him everything they had done and taught. Many people were coming and going, so there was no time to eat. He said to the apostles, come by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. They departed in a boat by themselves for a deserted place. Many people saw them leaving and recognized them, so they ran ahead from all the they ran ahead from all the cities and arrived before them. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. Late in the day, the disciples came to him and said, "This is an isolated place, and it's already late in the day. Send them away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages." And buy something to eat for themselves. He replied, you give them something to eat. Which I always wonder, like, how did he say that? <laughs> you give them something to eat. Um, 
But they said to him, should we go off and buy bread worth almost eight months' pay and give it to them to eat? He said to them, how much bread do you have? Take a look. After checking, they said five loaves of bread and two fish. He directed the disciples to seat all the people in groups as though they were having a banquet on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, broke the loaves into pieces, and gave them to his disciples and set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate until they were full. They filled 12 baskets with the leftover pieces of bread and fish. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So for many of us, this is a fairly familiar passage. But to give a little background up to this point, um, Jesus had really been on the move, even though we're in just chapter 6 of Mark. Um, Jesus had been doing a lot. Um, we can see um, earlier in the chapter, he's healing um, diseases, uh, demons, he's teaching these stories. I mean, he is going, going, going. And right before this, um, Jesus had given the disciples authority to have um, authority over unclean spirits. He kind of told the disciples, you can do great things. He also ordered them not to take anything with them except a staff. He told them no bread, no bag, no money. They probably would have forgot anyway because they're men. They don't know how to pack, so it's fine. <laughs> but I have to imagine um, that they were already probably pretty tired at this point. They were probably pretty tired. And it's not that I think Jesus really uh, was like a military guy that wrote, you know, like had a tight ship like, okay, we're getting up at 6 a.m. Um, at 10 a.m. We've got like, we're meeting a woman, then I'm going to heal her, and then we're at the town square, and then we're going to go here. Like, I don't think he stacked his appointments. You know, I don't think he was that way. I mean, um, he was essentially homeless. He didn't have like a schedule really. But I think what I love about Jesus is that he used his time really efficiently. He really, really did. I think what Jesus knew that we don't often is that he knew what it was to balance everything. He knew when to go. He knew when to stay, when to say yes, and when to say no. And so then we get to this scene that is so famous in our Bible, this miracle of Jesus being able to feed 5,000 people with a very, very little starter meal, I guess. But what he says at the very beginning is where I kind of want to sit today. He tells them to come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. That is his first instruction for his disciples. That is what he says. Not um, like in today's terms, I think if... This is how I operate. I think if I had been going and doing things, I probably would have been like, let's go to Chewy's, like nacho bar, guys. Let's go have fun. $6 margaritas. Let's have fun. Let's blow off some steam. I think, you know, at this time, I guess he would have said, let's go get figs. I don't know. I don't know what they would have done to, like, have fun. Um, but I think there's something really interesting about his version to unwind and get some satisfaction is to slow down which I think for us is kind of opposite. Maybe some of you are like, oh yeah, I totally love to slow down, but some of us are very opposite. And Jesus does this often in the Bible. He often takes time to get away. 
to separate himself, to be alone, to be with his father, to sit, to listen, to be. But I think about Jesus, man, he had no idea what noise or distraction is like. I would love to be in his time to steal away. Because I was thinking about, okay, what would it be like to kind of go somewhere that's really quiet? I'm like, do I want to hear the traffic on the tollway? Do I want to hear the flight pattern from Love Field and DFW? Or the sirens from hospital? Or my daughter screaming? I don't know. So many options to find solitude. Just so many in Dallas. But I love that his first instruction is, okay, you've got to steal away time. You've got to steal away time. So the way to recover, to find satisfaction, is not to do more, but maybe it's to do nothing. And I think that's the biggest thing we need to know and recognize in ourselves, that our flaw is often to jump from thing to thing to get satisfaction, rather than to step back, have self-reflection, to turn inward, to take a day off of work, to take some personal time, or take a mental health day. And I don't think we can ever find satisfaction if we're just going, going, going. And I don't know about you, but I feel that pressure. I think it's being an American, and especially here in Dallas, is that there is this pressure. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You got to hustle. You got to hustle. There's no time. You know, I was watching the, the debates this week, and um, I would love for a candidate to somehow say, like, I want to install going on holiday like, I love when Europeans are like, yeah, I took holiday somewhere. I'm like, well, that sounds fun. Like, that's so much more exciting than vacation. I don't know what it is. But, like, if we could have a candidate say we're going to reinstall going on holiday. Because I feel like they take, like, six weeks of holiday in Europe. Like, that sounds amazing. But I think that would really help us. But I think there is this expectation that we have to run ourselves ragged all the time. To keep going, never stop, never take a breath. Because... You know, if you maybe do say no, if you do step back, you're going to miss out on the incredible once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That's the kind of pressure, I think, that we deal with all the time. And so instead of, of resting, you think, I'll just work a couple more hours. Or I'll just, go, I'll just go into the office on Saturday just for a little bit. I mean, how many of us maybe don't even use all of our vacation time? Or PTO? Or think about teachers, like, you know, teachers get a bad rap, like, well, they get, like, three months of vacation. I'm like, I don't know a single teacher that actually takes, like, that time. They've got to continuing ed, or a lot of them have to get a second job, or they're getting prepared for that, that next school season. Like, people don't rest. We just don't. And I think one of the biggest challenges um, to following Christ is that we... We have to say no to a lot of things when the world says, you need to say yes. The world is telling you, you've got to say yes. You've got to do this. You've got to keep going. And I think we have a hard time saying that. It's because we're made to feel guilty when we say no. And if you set boundaries, you're like offensive. When you have strict boundaries of your time and how you take care of yourself, people don't always react very well to that. I don't like that we live in this yes culture, but that is where we are. So we have to figure out how do I live differently. Because I do think following Jesus teaches us that there's this different way. You don't have to be like the world says. You don't have to always do the thing. There is an answer. There is an alternative. There is a different path. And so instead of saying yes to that opportunity, that workout class, that new supplement, that new product, 
Maybe to find satisfaction, we have to say no. I know Scott uh, has shared this before, um, but I, I am very terrible at, at saying no. I'm a salesman's dream, which is uh, I can't ever answer the door if there's a salesman um, at our house. Um, I'm never allowed to buy a car. I'm not able to like talk to customer service people because I'll somehow, like if I were to buy a car, I'd give them more than the asking price somehow. That's just how I operate. Um, but I remember when we first got married, and this is the part he shared that I had like a bazillion personal training sessions because I don't know how to say, <laughs> say no. Um, and I had gotten them like two years prior, so we got married, and I still had like a ton left. So just that's how many I bought, okay? And I went to the gym a lot. Um, I know you can't tell now, but I went a lot to the point where it was really, really unhealthy, if I'm being honest. I mean, I was going, again, all the time. It didn't matter if I'd already gone once. If I had spare time or I was bored, I was at the gym again. So I often went twice a day. It's because I was trying to find this satisfaction. I was trying to find this way of feeling complete. And it was really enticing because in the world standards, I looked great. I looked awesome. Everything fit me great. I was super tan. Like, I looked great. But what my body was saying is like, you need to say no. You need to slow down. And so there's these temptations where it's really enticing, especially if you can look a certain way or if there's a dollar symbol connected to something when you know like, if I do this, I'm going to get a bonus or I'm going to get a raise or there's going to be another zero added to my paycheck. It's very, very tempting. And we definitely, definitely don't want to look like we're lazy. We don't want to look like we're checked out. We don't want to look like we're this mediocre kind of person. We don't want to appear that way. But what if we were okay with kind of looking a bit lazy? But maybe it's not lazy. You're just taking care of yourself. You're resting. You know what it's like. Now, I, as I was writing this, I thought there's going to be a lot of spouses that go home today. And one of them's going to ask them to do a chore and be like, you know, Reagan said I should probably be lazy. I should be checked out. I should retake. That is not what I'm saying. So I'm just going to say that right now so because I don't want a bunch of emails tomorrow. Um, but the other reason I think that Jesus is so big on Sabbath and stealing away and why the Bible talks about being still and just, just being um, is that if we don't do that, I think we avoid so much. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if any of you are like me, but I love to numb my pain by avoiding it. In the way of, um, I don't get alone with my thoughts a lot. Like, I am the person that's like, let's go to Chewy's, let's go to the nacho bar, let's hang out, let's do things. And so what I do is I fill my calendar constantly with things. I always want to be around people. Um, I always have, you know, TV or I have my phone with me so I can just drown out things because if I can distract myself enough I don't have to think about hard things I never have to engage with kind of digging deep and maybe you're like that we can numb significant pain by going and doing and just noise all the time in our lives and sometimes we take it a little bit too far and we deal with it really unhealthy ways whether you drink too much or or whatever it may be I think we all know our self-destructive habits we do in order to cover up pain, to try to um, deal with that hunger because we don't know how to deal with it. So we just deal with the 
with what we know, what's easy, what's accessible. And so I think of, a, I think of Elijah and how he wanted to hear from God. He wanted to know things and, he, and that God wasn't in the wind or the earthquake or in the fire, but in a whisper. And I think, how can, we, how can we possibly find satisfaction if we continually put ourselves in, in that fire, in that earthquake, in the wind, if we constantly are putting ourselves in there, if we never step out, how can we find satisfaction? And so I encourage you to find healthier ways to address whatever's going on inside of you. Find a counselor, therapist, Take time to be alone without distractions. Meditate, pray, read, find a mentor, cancel some plans. Make a week with no other extra engagements. Do something that challenges you to dig deep and to ask hard questions. Because if you keep running, you're going to crash and burn. And it's not a question if, it's a question. It's always when. When are you going to do this? And I know many of you may be thinking, well, does this mean I can't work hard? No. I think our problem in our culture, though, is that we are just busy for the sake of being busy. And I know some of you, I, I understand, for me, my job is very flexible. I understand that. I have flexible hours. I have a lot of um, trust. I have a lot of ability to, to come in late or work late or take this day off because I'm working this day. I understand. I don't always know what it's like. And some of you do have very demanding jobs. You, I don't have your boss. I don't have your schedule. But I do think you still have ability to say no. I think you have an ability to restructure some of your life so you're not so busy. Because I think sometimes we wear that busyness as a badge of honor. We love to brag about that. So maybe when your boss or teammate says they have an extra project or something to cover, or could you come in on Saturday, maybe don't be the first one to raise your hand. Don't be so eager for overtime or to come in on a day off. Because again, Jesus is our example. He knew how to balance everything. He knew when to go, when to stay, when to say yes, and when to say no. I don't think Christ asked us to be a worse employer, but he asked us to be more present and a healthy human being. So the biggest lesson um, that I really take away from this story the story that I've read so many times is that I don't know how much Jesus can do for me if I'm not willing to slow down, to say no, to step away and make changes. And maybe that's kind of harsh. Maybe that's limiting God. Maybe that's saying, oh, God can still do too much. God can still do a lot. And that's absolutely right. I do believe that. But I think the way that I operate, I think the way that we operate, I think we do limit God. When I find that I'm burnout, that I'm um, at the end of my rope, or when I feel distance from God, it's never God's fault. It's always my fault, right? It's always my doing. God never stops pursuing. Never, God never stops trying to reach out and do things for us. And so I think until we do any of this, I don't know if any of us are really ready to be fed. I don't know if we get to feast if we're not willing to slow down and say no to things. I know that's true for me, and maybe it's true for you. Did you notice that in this story, that the disciples and the crowds had to listen first? They had to listen to the teaching. They didn't eat and then get taught. It was the other way around. And I think the biggest mistake we make 
when we do go for a time of rest, is sometimes we go with an agenda, a to-do list, or you're like, okay, I'm going to take a couple of days off, and then I'm going to tackle all those projects I've been putting off. That's not what the t- this time is for. What this story tells me is that I have to be ready to sit and be and to listen, and that is all. That is all. Because that's when I will be fed, and that is when I will find satisfaction. So we have to look for rest first. And the crazy part about when they actually slow down is that how many baskets of food did they have left over? Does anyone remember? Twelve. Twelve. And we live in this culture that I think we're always running, we're grabbing literally snacks that will just carry us over for a little bit or going through the drive through Those don't stick with us. We're hungry very quickly. I think there's something about that. There's so much left over that they had an abundance, that they were full, that they were able to go forth and carry on with this food that really fulfilled them, that they were actually satisfied. They did not walk away hungry physically or spiritually or mentally or emotionally. They were full. And I think I want that. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of just grabbing. I'm tired of just doing little things to get me through an hour or get me through a day. Get me something that is going to sustain me. So this week, uh, Scott and I scheduled my C-section for August 26th. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Could still come early, just so you know. Now, I know maternity leave is nothing close to a vacation or a holiday. (laughs) Like, it's not. But I can tell you that I'm actually, well, I'm looking forward to multiple reasons. Obviously, I'm very excited to hold a baby and all the baby things. Um, but I'm very excited to be able to step away. Not that I don't love you all. I really do. I love you all. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but to be able to step away and kind of recenter myself and have this time with God Um, I'm really, really excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it. Because, like I said, I I find that I'm really hungry these days. Yes, literally and figuratively. But I'm looking forward to this time because my soul really, really needs it. And so I feel like I'm going to go into this time saying, God, I want to be fed. I want to be fed. And thank goodness I can maybe get rid of a few distractions I don't have so many emails or meetings or all these things on my plate. I can just be. And so I pray that as you walk away today, um, I hope you know that you are hungry. You are hungry. And that you need to be fed. And you need to be fed with something good and filling and full and life-changing. But first, you need to rest. You need to rest to be fed and to be full. So let's pray. God, thank you for this story in the way that it really challenged me this week and made me look at my life, my schedule, and what I'm doing completely different. And it made me realize and kind of convicted me that I've been really hungry for a long time. 
then I really need to be fed and fed with things of you. Not these substitute, not this kind of garbage that I think, oh, well, this will do for now. So I ask that you would help us realize how much we need you, how hungry we really are, and how much we really do need to be fed, and how much it really begins with stepping away and asking hard questions and being silent and listening. I'm thankful that um, the miracle is not necessarily with the food in this story, but that you just want to spend time with us, that you always want to spend time with us. We're so undeserving of it, and yet you give it so freely. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that you fulfill us in a way that is unlike anything else we can find here. And it's your name we pray.